know, Uther. I intend to live forever. How dare you show your face here? Uh, faces. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh at that, you idiot! A lot of story there, a lot of lore. Uh, for those of you who are into that kind of thing, I love you. Welcome to Live, Laugh, Lore, the podcast that explores where we've been and where we may go next in the world of Warcraft. Welcome, everyone, to Live, Laugh, Lore, episode 70, the show that is getting old, but is still young at heart. Each episode, we'll check in, have some laughs, and talk about the lore of Warcraft one or two topics at a time, such as today. My name is Allie, the one that pretends to be too classy to laugh at immature jokes, but absolutely does laugh. And I'm joined by the one that knows that and has fun with it. It's Jin. <laughs> yeah, it is me. Yep. It's me. Yep, yep. It's you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah, I know. You definitely laugh at the immature jokes. Yep. Just like I me. I do. <laughs> More more often than I care to admit. Hey, uh, hey, buddy, what you been up to? Honestly, not a lot since uh, we are recording this a week early. I normally have. We are. I normally have more time to come up with things I did. <laughs> so I didn't. I haven't done much. It has been prepping for me going on another work trip. You know, this is the the second out of five. So yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of these work trips. So, yeah, that's all I've been doing is prepping for that. Not, not that fun. Just a bunch of work. We did D&D, man. How could you forget that? You're the DM. Well, because I forgot about the D&D, but it was a very good. It was a very fun game. I turned the entire D&D session into practically a 90s adventure game is what I was. <laughs> what I, I wanted was to explore all the things. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was a I animated the map. Well, not not me personally. I purchased uh, map assets where someone <laughs> animated the map. So it wasn't me like in After Effect or something like that making the whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. It was fancy. But yeah, it was, it was very fancy. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. And you guys almost made it to the last boss. Yeah, almost. It was right there. Almost. Literally right at, right there. Right there in the, in the next room pretty much. And you will, uh, yeah, you'll be facing down the last boss next time on The Adventures of D&D with Allie and Jin. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone else too <laughs> and everyone else too <laughs> hi everyone else we do love you yeah you're fantastic <laughs> yeah it would it wouldn't be as interesting of a D campaign if it was just me and Allie but it might be funny it would be entertaining yes entertaining <laughs> at the very least it'd be a hot mess <laughs> <laughs> well speaking of being a hot mess <laughs> Hi, Allie. How you doing? Sometimes. <laughs> I'm a bit of a hot mess sometimes. I mean, I'm currently recording with you, which I love recording to you with, the, with you, to you. I love recording to you because I'm a hot mess. Um, <laughs> see? Hot mess. I just wanted to give an example of me being a hot mess. I was totally on purpose. It was planned, everyone. Totally not planned. I'm good, though. I, uh, uh, my, my resume is pretty much done. There's a couple of jobs I may actually apply for soon. And... I have been doing Noble Garden last week because the eggs are multi-tap now. So it's way easier than back in the day when you had to find your one spawn point and just sit there and keep clicking, waiting for the yep. egg to spawn up before someone yep. else took it. Yep, I remember that. It was horrible. I, I haven't done it since, 
sincerely same, taste, same. honestly. <laughs> but just so having the eggs be multi-tap, it's just a world of difference. Don't go to Goldshire, though. Although, really, like, it's done now at this point. But for next year, don't go to Goldshire. That's where all the tro trolls are. Go to Azure Watch over on the Azure Mist Isle over there. So much easier. But so I got my Hearthstone, which I'm not going to use because it's too girly for me personally. But I collected it. It's good. And then... I finally got the like official cosmetic version of the black tuxedo pants oh. and I went and got the pet. That was the other thing I didn't get yet, the pet. So I just you know collected some things and I did some vault stuff like normal and some D&D. <gasps> yeah, you were there. I was there, yes. And then some dungeon fables. <laughs> so that's about it for my week. It was a bit of a busy that's week, a busy, but also busy sometimes week. not busy. It was busy been working out. Too. I'm really proud of myself. Oh, yeah, yeah, on the elliptical. Whatever. Well, you you always you not only are you already <laughs> in shape, but you always work out. You're always like running in the stuff. Like this is this is big for me. Like yeah, my body awesome. over the weekend, my body wanted me to work out and it freaked me out. Dude. Stupid it. body. Listen to the endorphins. I did. I gave it to it was great and horrible all at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It is horrible in the middle of it. Uh, yes. But I'm getting better. I'm able to like, push more on the elliptical and stuff, which is good. So, um, yeah, that's about it for me. Otherwise, I'm just going to start rambling. So I feel like we should just move on. Oh, yeah, to this button. Nothing beats a brew shared between friends. Yeah, this is kind of a brew. Kind of. You have to mix it and then stir it and put uh, like. Not really. It's not. It's not really a brew. <laughs> no, it's very much a. Uh, it's the perfect drink uh, that like a chain restaurant would offer on their menu because it's literally dump the stuff in a bunch of ice and serve. So they can. I churn like easy drinks like that. It's great. Yeah, they can churn those out very quickly behind the bar. <laughs> mm -hmm. So this is a fruit tingle cocktail, which was actually recommended us recommended to us. By Solaris Wesson forever ago, back like when we did the, the food tasting stuff. Yeah. For Patreon. Yeah. And I I honestly had forgotten about it for a while until he messaged me one day about it and asked if I had tried it. And I'm like, nope, I completely dropped the ball on that. We'll do it eventually. Two months or so later, here we are. We're finally having it. <laughs> hey. Sorry, Solaris. It took forever. No, uh, we, I will take all the blame on that. Special occasion, so we were saving it for episode 70. Yeah. The big seven zero. It's special. It is. Solaris, you were making this episode special. Thank yes. you. Yeah, I, I appreciate it, Solaris. Almost you as much tell? as you introducing me to Tim Tams. Oh, God. Tim Tams are and so And the Tim good. Tams lay. Oh, it's so good. Especially with peppermint schnapps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, so do you want to tell the, uh, while well, I'm drooling over here, do you want to tell the uh, fine listeners what a fruit tingle cocktail is? I would love to tell everyone what a fruit tingle co cocktail is. Fruit tingle, 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 whatever. Fruit tingle cocktail. I don't know why she's laughing so much. I'm just saying it. You had this awkward pause when you said cocktail. Cocktail. <laughs> Remember the intro where I'm like, I'm classy, really. <laughs> but I still laugh at this stuff. Yeah, here we are. Uh, all right. Well, since this recipe came from all the way down under, I will be giving it to you in Aussie metrics stuff. So you're going to need 30 milliliters of vodka, 30 milliliters of blue caracal, 
or however you frick you say that. And then you're going to need 90 milliliters of your choice of lemonade. Yes, I already made lemonade. And then a dash of raspberry. I got liquid. Is raspberry cordial? I got liquor. But that, yeah, that that could be hard to find. So I got like a liqueur too. It was called Razamataz. Oh yeah, I know what Razamataz is. Yep, yep. Yeah. Yep. No, I got uh, something called Merlet. It said on the back, oh. raspberry liqueur, and I was like, good to go. Yeah, it's close enough. Yeah, that's all. I, but yeah, raspberry cordial. 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 <laughs> Oh, yeah. So what, what you do is it's really you're like, oh, yeah, that's just the ingredients. How do I make it? Really simple. You get yourself a glass. They specifically say the hurricane glass. I got my particular. I got my Rainforest Cafe one from Anaheim. Oh, yeah, mine's, David Buster's. mine's from Dave and Buster's. Yep. <laughs> so this is how you get a hurricane glass. Everyone, you don't go out and buy it. You go to a chain restaurant and you order you a big play, drink. You you either or you play games until you earn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that too. So you're going to fill that up with ice. You're going to fill it up. I prefer crushed ice in this instance. I want crushed ice. Yeah, I kind of wish it went crushed. Yeah, so I want crushed ice with it. Fill it all the way up, and then you dump everything in it. Yep. Oh, and the, well, and the raspberry cordial, it's a dash. Save that's that for is. last. Yeah, yeah like dump everything else in there, and then then you just add the raspberryness to whatever color you want it to be, really. Top. Yeah. Yeah. My, my raspberry liqueur was kind of like a darker red. Yeah, mine and too. And so it looked a little bit like like blood dripping down. Yeah, it was very... It was kind of sinister looking. It was very cool. Yeah. I think I think you could still see that in the photo that, that I took. So go look at Twitter, everyone. That's what it looked like. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's the thing. And um, now we have to remember our rating system. We have to remember our rating system, everyone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So would you make it again? Yes. It is delicious and it's easy. It's a little sweet. I actually ended up adding a little extra vodka and a little extra, well, lemonade because lemonade is delicious. But <laughs> just to offset the blue Krakow a little bit. But uh, it, it's delicious. It's super easy. It's a beautiful color. I would totally do it again. See, if it would, if it took any kind of effort, I would say no. Because the drink itself, it I, I don't know. I feel like the flavor is a little off somehow. Like. I don't, I don't exactly know how I'd fix it. Maybe a little tartar, right? Because it is on the sweet side. It is It is a bit sweet. Like it's, I. this is one of those drinks where I would have one and then I would be done with yeah, sweet. Yeah, like for example, instead of a lemonade, I would almost do lemon that juice. much just lemon juice and then yeah. add like maybe a little bit of simple syrup to calm yeah. it down. Um, but then that's, that, that would be adding to the complexity of the drink because then you would have to get the fresh lemon juice. Which defeats the purpose. Yeah. yeah. So would I make it again for, for ease of access alone? Yeah, it's a, it's, it is. Yeah, I would make it again, especially because, because we do this show, I never seem to actually have to go buy the ingredients for this stuff because apparently I always have vodka and blue curd cow on it's, hand now. It's rare now. <laughs> my, my. My, the section of my pantry where I have my alcohol has grown immensely <laughs> thanks to this show. <laughs> I look like a huge alky right now. And, and it's, yeah, we uh, barely ever use it. We pretty much just use it for the show. <laughs> right. But uh, I mean, I do. I don't have fresh lemons at home, but I have, you know, like this squeezy bottle stuff. Mm-hmm. And I have simple syrup because, you know, this show. So I might I might have to try that later this week and give it a little little shot. Yeah, we'll give it, give it a whirl. A whirl. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like this is something that I would totally make all the time if uh, if it was like my, my grandmother who has a lemon tree in her yard. 
right? Ooh, yes, See. fresh lemons, mm, like yeah. straight from the tree. Yeah, I would so make good. I would make this on the regular if I had a lemon tree in my, in my yard. Right. Yeah. So, but uh, alas, I do not. But uh, yeah, I guess that's where we'll leave it. And by the way, listeners, I have one little thing to say to you. Hey, everyone, do you like supporting shows that talk about the hobbies and interests that you are also into? Like apparently drinking. <laughs> <laughs> do you Only if it? you are of legal age and being safe. Uh-huh. Do you find Make yourself sure talking back to the host out loud while listening in the car or while riding on a train? Whiting or white we're whiting <laughs> on trains. <laughs> if you've answered yes to any of those questions, like or asked Jen, what does whiting mean? <laughs> Stay tuned until the end of the show to find out how you can keep this show and our habits going. Oh, and I have a button to press. What you talking about? What you talking about? What you talking about? What you what you talking about? Well, with us recording this episode early, this episode's actually coming out the same day as 10.1. So happy 10.1 day. Woo! Unless you're a patron, you're going to get this earlier, but it's it's fine. We're still going with the woo. A lot earlier. (laughs) Right. We're just adding to your hype. It's fine. So while we're excited for the story to unfold and to learn more about the past, dive into new and tasty lore bits, we do also want to give everyone a chance to actually experience the story for themselves before we really dive into it. So today, we're going to be talking about something else we're getting in 10.1 that was easy to overlook. Plus... Blizzard sensed that I was working on these show notes, and while I was literally typing in these show notes, they dropped the Embers of Neltharian intro cinematic, which is where we're going to start today. So thank you, Blizzard, for that. Except for the first 35 seconds, which was just audio of a Shikar guard walking, and that doesn't really work for podcasts. Audio podcasts. So I cut that out. You trespass in Shakar territory. Explain what you are doing here. Can we get on with it? You said we'd find it here. We have. From what I have transcribed, Neltharion had a hidden path to Avarice, just below this ridge. Sealed beneath earth and water, undisturbed for thousands of years. Then let us open the way.
In his wake, the Drakthir will succumb to the temptation of Avarus and unleash the Aspect's darkest nightmares. Come. We have much to do. Let the children of Neltharion claim their birthright. Ta-da! <laughs> What'd you think about it? Me? Um, the first thing I thought about it was... Wait, are you telling me that the Drakthir can't hear them talking? Because they're over there going like... <laughs> they're going to succumb to the temptations of Aberus. Hey, you guys watching us. By the way, you couldn't see that they were watching them the entire time. Right? Because this is an audio format and you could only see them. <laughs> right. So right. at the end of the cinematic, Sakareth Sarker, and all his buddies were watching him the whole time. Are you mean to tell me that they weren't listening to? Right. That seems a little they weird. Were, well, here's here's the thing. I think they absolutely were because they've been creeping on the Primal Incarnates since the last cinematic. Yeah, exactly. They've just been kind of following them around, stalking them. I guarantee because Sarkareth is pretty full of himself, right? So he probably did listen to the whole thing, but then is assuming that he can, you know, use this to his advantage. I don't know. It just seems to me that freaking Iridicron is over there going like, they're totally going to fall for the trap. They're going <laughs> to fall for it. Ha 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 ha. I can't believe they're, they're right there listening to me talk right now. And they're going to fall for the trap. That's what it feels like Arinacrom is saying, because it's like, they're going to succumb to the temptations of avarice. It's like, you, 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 seriously, you can't hear this right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes me wonder, like, do they know that Sarkarth and his gang have been following them? Oh, they know. They absolutely like, is that, know. Because I'm wondering if that was a, a little nod mm -hmm. to them. Like, let the children of Thalarin claim their birthright, whatever. And they... Sarkarth and the gang, like, <laughs> I don't care what else they're up to. Cool. Because the they gang. just want, they just think, right? Because they just think that they're going to go claim the power for themselves and it's their birthright, so they get to have it. And they probably don't realize that they're, uh, once again, just tools. And it is probably the incarnates probably don't care about them. Yeah. I, I do think it is probably pretty funny if the incarnates are like, well, I know they can hear us right now. We're going to still talk openly about this. Because <laughs> <Right? It's, laughs> clearly they know. Like, they're chatting about the plan and everything. And they're basically right. like, all right, we have better things to do, but we're going to go ahead and open up the stuff of the way to Aberus. And we're just going to let the Drakthir go down there and basically do our job for us by distracting yeah. the heroes. Right? Because the heroes were on our tail, but we needed to buy some time. And the easiest way for us to buy some time isn't for us to go and fight them directly. No, that's what we're trying to avoid. We actually want to create a diversion. And these Drakthir are like, you got it, boss. I will create a diversion for you because I'm going to go claim the birthright of my daddy, Notharian. And yeah, it's uh, I'm going to I'm going to do the bidding of the incarnates, even though I was made by an aspect. So there you go. It's a little weird. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> I found it interesting. So Aridicron at one point told, you know, before Fyrock did his 
for, his, for Rocket, as Berserker for, said. For Rocket, yes. Thank you, Berserker. <laughs> uh, which, first off, Brock in his dragon form looks amazing. Oh, yeah. It looks, I'm, I'm not all about the little tiny arm thing they got going on. That kind of throws me off a bit. <laughs> but <laughs> I still, I, I did a little dance to that. But, um, <laughs> Just when when I'm not looking at his teeny tiny little arms, the rest of him looks phenomenal. It looks freaking awesome. I don't know if it's ever going to be his skin or not, but oh, it looks so good. But then, so before he does his little little rocket thing, mm-hmm. right? Eridicron told him, "Wake the elders from their slumber." Okay, before we get into that, because I, I, I nearly oh. crapped myself. I okay. just wanted to say, I really hope Farak has a raid encounter. Where like you're on a platform and he turns into a fur rocket and breaks it like that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know at some point there's going to be something with the uh, frock doing flyovers, kind of like how Deathwing De- Bat did back in the day. Oh yeah, and there's going to be like achievements for it and stuff, or an achievement for it. It's going to be called back to like, but Deathwing. I don't know if he's in the raid or not, but I could totally hit, see that being some kind of part of some either some encounter. Or just saying, mobs it'd be or cool something. To, it'd be cool for them to introduce something in a cinematic and it becomes an ability in a raid later. I think that would be really cool if they did that. That would be. Yeah. I would like that. I also know many guildies who would fall in that, so maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just it's just like uh, Sylvanas, right? Where she basically blows up the, the platform. You're going to jump in. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> yes, I have historical evidence that they <laughs> did not get off the platform. Sorry, guild. <laughs> Some of them make funny noises when they fall. It's fine. We're all entertained by it. <laughs> but yes, elders. Apparently there's elders to wake from their slumber. What elder are these elders that served Neltharian, I'm guessing? Elders to me. I'm like, wait, wake the old gods? That's, that's what my first thought was. It's like, because if you think about it, we've already have some evidence that Eridicron made a deal with somebody, right? Right. Because... Alex Shaw's is like, you made a deal with some bad people, bad folks. Who's to say that these aren't the elders that that need to be awoken? Maybe. I mean, Taliesin's been talking about his theory that there might be two old gods that we don't know about. So it also maybe. Doesn't, it also doesn't really make sense that they'd be just like over here going, wake the elders. You know, the Niffin. Yeah. Wake, wake, right. the, wake the Niffin up. The, the little smelly guys. Oh, don't wake the Niffin up. Let them sleep. Yeah. Well, I mean, for Rocky's kind Poor of a jerk. Niffin. We know he's kind of a jerk. So. Yeah. So yeah. he's going to wake up the elder Niffin. Because even though they're, they're old men and they, they smell real good still, he's going to wake <laughs> them up. But no, I mean, I, I'm, think, I'm thinking it's old gods. I think it's old gods. That could be. I mean, I assumed it was just some that served Neltharian in his lab or something back in the day, but. Uh, this is this is interesting to think that it could be old gods. Mm. Well, maybe it's not old gods. Maybe it's something kind of like um, servants of the void. Yeah, like the like the Cthraxia or something like that. Right. right? You know, kind of how the big old freaking Cthraxia thing in Battle for Azeroth was what you know busted open the the, the Titan seal in Zoldazar. Maybe something right. like that, where that's the yeah. elder that they're waking up. Maybe I can see that. I mean, it would make sense if, if, I mean, if you also consider that there's supposedly a big emphasis on shadow flame, right? Where's the yeah. shadow of the yeah. flame coming from? That's true. That's true. So, It'd be very interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this patch. It's going to be, story-wise, I think it's going to be really good. 
Yeah, I only have one one complaint about this patch. What? It's coming out really close to Jedi Survivor, like <laughs> practically the same week. I'm like, dude, you're killing me. <laughs> right? I would have been perfectly okay if they waited until, you know, later in May to release this patch because I have other games I want to play too. <laughs> Jedi Survivor, I mean. Yeah. Your sniper frog got a BD1 on his, his thing. Like, I'm sure he's, like, itching for that. He's probably going to get the game for his birthday. Shh. Don't tell him. <laughs> Shh. Okay, then I'll shut up. But, <laughs> hey, you'll probably listen to this when it comes out. And so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> or, Maybe. <laughs> or I'll edit this out. <laughs> Don't edit it out. It's fine. <laughs> but, yeah, no, seriously, I'm, I'm stoked for that game. So that, that's my only complaint. Because I'm, I'm super excited with... This cinematic of Eridicron going, wake the elders. Wait, what? <laughs> usually when you say wake the elders, that's... You're not usually talking about just an old dragon. Right. You're the old dragon. Right. Yeah. So I'm I'm super excited. That, yeah. That's me. Well, and it's cool. I really like that in this expansion, we're getting this unfolding lore and history... Of characters that we've known for a while. We've known the aspects for quite a while now. And so to be getting more of this past and seeing how things went down, seeing what Netherian was up to, it's just, I'm really enjoying it more than I was even expecting to. Like, I'm super excited to learn more about this lab and what Netherian was up to. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's surprising how, how much how much of an impact he made on the overall lore and you know that we are learning more about his past we're like oh give us more give us more yeah right so now i'm right there with you i'm super excited for this well if we have nothing else about the cinematic should we move on do you have anything else i think i'm good other than the fact that it's once again an impressive cinematic that they have done just phenomenal jobs on with the animation and how it's amazing the the movements of the mouth matches up to what they're saying and it expresses emotion and they just keep getting better and better it's yeah and so impressive and they're not expressing emotions with like human faces they're expressing emotions with crystalline frozen faces right (laughs) (laughs) and rocky like just empty hollow sockets you know faces Practically with a Ritacron, and he's still showing emotion. And you're like, how are they doing that? Well, with like Varanoth, just the slight closing of the eyelids at one point, like Uh just expresses so much. And it's just so beautifully done. I love it. Yeah. And to think that we came from like nine polygons. (laughs) Right. To this is kind (laughs) of mind blowing sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think with that being said, we're going to move on to our next topic. Yeah, I think we will. Jen, I have a question for you. Oh, what's that? Are you, are you ready? Are you ready? I, I so, know what the question is because I read these notes last night. Well, you're reading the notes. I'm being, I'm being dramatic, okay, man? <laughs> okay, being okay. dramatic. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Start, start from the top. <laughs> no, we're keeping it in. In your exploration when you're out and about in Dragon Isles, have you run into any ancient stones? I, aren't all stones ancient in its in well, a way? True, but ones that you can actually interact with. Let me phrase that better. Oh, okay. Any stones specifically titled ancient stones? Yes. Yes, I have. 
And did you read the text and wonder what the heck's going on? Well, of course I read the text and it was like, well, this is nothing. Right? So for those who may or may not know, all throughout Dragon Isles, there are these ancient stones that are usually half broken and kind of amongst some like rubble or bushes or various places and whatnot. And when you click on it, it says the ancient stone senses your presence. Very slowly, it begins to emit a beautiful luminescence that lasts for a fleeting moment before fading. Perhaps it is waiting for something. And I was always like, what is it waiting for? I want to know what is on you and I will do whatever you need me to do. Just what, what are you waiting for? Uh, well, others have been wondering that too. And apparently we were just waiting for 10.1 because all of those ancient stones are going to finally have text. It's not a big 10.1 feature that's being talked about. So we wanted to bring attention to it. There are five stones in each of the waking zone. Oh, wow. There are five stones in each of the waking shores, Anaran Plains, and Azure Span zones. Thaldrasis has seven. Our new area, Zerilek Cavern, has three. Forbidden Reach must have been too forbidden or too out of reach because there's no stones there. <laughs> I feel like there should have been, but there absolutely is not, which is a shame, honestly. Got me. It was the out of reach that got me. <laughs> well, the island was way over there. It's too far away, I guess. I don't I, I need don't a know. step stool. I can't, I can't reach it. <laughs> it's so high up. <laughs> oh, goodness. So that means there are a total of 25 ancient stones around the Dragon Isles. It's a serious show ever. I love it. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's laugh in our title. It's fine. They expect this. It's true. <laughs> so you get an achievement for reading all the stones in a zone, as you can imagine, and an achievement for when you complete all of them. Finding them may not be at the top of your list when 10.1 comes out, and you may not want to take the time to read them. So as we do, we're going to we're gonna help you. Don't worry. Not going to read all 25 of them. That's a lot. But at least some. There, Some are... Interesting, some are more flavor texts, some are really random, some have a clear author, some don't. So we just kind of picked the ones that were a little more interesting to go over, but I do highly suggest that if you have the time, when you find them, click on them, read them. They're they're a lot of fun. I like them a lot. How funny it would be if you actually had to pass a test on what each of the stones were to actually get the achievement to indicate that you read them. Oh man, that'd be work. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, you read all 25. Did you read all 25 or did you just click on all 25? Would it be a grading scale or would it just be pass or fail? Oh, it would be pass or fail for sure. Yeah. It would have to be, right? Yeah. It's like, nope, you didn't get the achievement. It was just, it's, it's, it's as if you failed an achievement and you got to go try again. <laughs> or you get it and you get a gold star to put on your, your outfit for transmog. It's a gold star. Cool, cool start. Good job. Yep. You passed your test. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> we're going to start <laughs> with Waking Shores. And again, we're not reading them all, just the ones that were a little more interesting. So the first one is called So Close So Far. And it's located near the Sky Top Observatory. And it says, Shall I tell you why I watch the stars? They are distant, but they keep me company. Like memories of loved ones, the lives below cry with persistent noise and clamor, a sharp contrast to the silence of absent friends. 
when I meditate beneath the heavens, I imagine lines drawn between these distant points of light. Familiar faces all. Each new discovery I make is named for a loved one I have lost. These bright sparks lessen my grief. Atop the spire is my observatory. It may be quiet. I may be unattended. But I'm never truly alone. That's I, it's beautiful. It's good. It's it beautiful. is. I like it. I I like it's it's something I'm I'm also one of those people that just kind of looks at the stars. Luckily, where I am at night, we see a lot of the stars. And so it's all these things are things I can I can relate with. And so I thought it was great. Now, there's no, no, no known author for this one. Now, I did actually after I read this one, I hopped into game and flew over to the sky top. And I did find a telescope in one of the spires. So I think that's where he was looking at the stars. And I'm like, hey, look at that. I I thought that was really cool. And uh, thanks to another stone, which we'll read later, we know that this author prefers to live in solitude and that others have been told not to approach them, which is something interesting. That is interesting. Want to know more about this person? I mean, until they don't approach and they prefer their solitude, I was thinking this was like a Fievel reference. Right. Oh, <laughs> somewhere out there. Yeah, that's the, that's that's gonna be stuck in my head the rest of the day now. Well, but it's like I was like, oh, they're like starstruck, struck whatever the word I can't think of, starstruck lovers or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're on other sides of the country, like sleepless in Seattle or some crap like that. Um, and yeah, they they they're like just staring up at the sky. But now it's like they're dangerous. Don't go near them. Never mind. This is a different story. <laughs> I mean, maybe never. It is weird because, like, on the next, we'll we'll talk to more when we get to the other stone. Because there's another stone that actually ties into this one, which is why I picked this one. But it's it's one of those stones where it's awesome flavor and it adds a little bit of dimension. But at the same time, like, I wish we knew more about this person because it could be so many different people that we may or may not know. Now I feel bad for like anyone that's like a Gen Z that doesn't know who Fievel is. <laughs> be ready to have your emotions moved. <laughs> By the way, the, the name of the movie is actually an American tale. Just so you know, it's, true. it's not called Fievel. Except the sequel is Fievel Goes West. That's <laughs> true. That's also true. All right. Well, the next, I guess, rock. It is a rock after all. The next stone, rock. Stone, Jen. It's a stone. Okay. All right. I guess it would be a little <laughs> rude of me to go into Stone's stream and just be like, what's up, rock? I mean, he'd probably laugh. He also does. It's a wrestling stream usually. So, you know, the rock. Right. So, okay. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I think you'd be okay with it. He's like, no, no, no. I am not the rock. There Probably. was only one rock. I, however, in a, a <laughs> close cousin stone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or distant cousin, perhaps. <laughs> sure, let's go with that. <laughs> okay, next rock. <laughs> I only asked aloud about father once. Oh, rewind. This is called One Small Part. Okay, here we go again. I only asked about Father once. If the Ascidian throne is his, why is he not here to rule from it? Had it been anyone else, I would have been cuffed for my impertinent... Impertinence? Whatever. Instead, she only narrowed her eyes. One does not rule by sitting on a rock. But I have not seen him in months, I protested. You do not matter, she hissed. The flight is what matters. You are merely a small part of a greater whole. One that, she noted, 
with another glare, is testing my patience. I no longer question. I do not wish to displease him. One small part. Perhaps in due time, I can be more. Wow. That's it's kind of messed up if you think about it. It's almost like the Borg. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That's for you, Kara. <laughs> they are the black dragon fight. Resistance is futile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I liked it. It was actually like, so obviously they're talking about Neltharian. And it was kind of interesting to see a glimpse of their mindset, at least for the Black Dragonfly, at least this section of the Black Dragonfly, I guess. Messed up section. Well, yeah, it is. And just the, f- it kind of shows you a bit like, obviously, Neltharian kind of ruled with fear. Yeah, I mean, it, this seems to be like a, like some type of early childhood development type situation is what it feels like to me because it, I mean, obviously all of the black dragons will refer to Naltharian as father, but I don't know. It had, it seems to have an innocence to it the way it said, I only asked yeah. about father once, almost like a childlike is how I read yeah. that. Yeah. And the fact that the parent role here told the child, you do not matter. Right. You as a, as an expert, 13 years experience in the role. Did you ever look at a child once and say, you do not matter? No. <laughs> For Not a second, you were shaking your head, I, like, yeah, all the time. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm trying to process something I put in my notes, and I read things wrong. Um, no, obviously not. And that's, it's, it's, the fact that this, you know, young dragonkin or whelpling or whatever it may be, you know, is just, I no longer question, I do not wish to displease him. Like, it's sad, honestly. Yeah, it is. This almost goes to show... His viewpoint when it comes to the Drakthir as well as the Drak Blagon, the Black yeah, Dragonfly. Yeah. Because if he is this domineering over just his flight, of course he would be treating the Drakthir this way. Oh, obviously. And it just goes to reinforce Razagath's stance of they do not bring freedom. They bring oppression. They they bring servitude. They bring slavery. Right? Order is not freedom. Right. If Neltharian's order is what order really is, no, that that's not order to Razagath. Right. This is super, like, if I grew up in this childhood, I can, I would have PTSD, is, is what I'm saying. Like, I would be severely traumatized. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious to know who is talking to this kid. Like, if it, well, not kid, but younger member of the Black Dragon Flight. Is, could it be Adamanthia? I mean, how messed up if it was is the is the author of this. I only asked about Father One. If this was Sibelian, right? What if Sibelian was the one that was told you don't matter? Maybe. I mean, it's hard to because like we don't know the timeline of when this stone came out. Like if yeah. if it was when he was off busy making the Drakthir, if this was when all the aspects left to go deal with the War of the Ancients. Like we we don't we don't know so that's that I hadn't considered that possibility. Yeah, I mean, I hadn't until just you never now. know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you never know. You never know. It, yeah. It'd be interesting. It'd, it'd be a, a little glance into kind of his past if that were if that was the case, which would be good. Like it'd be good to get more from Spellian. Yeah, because all we have of him is him out on Outland right now. Exactly. Just why I don't trust him. I don't trust him either. Nope. I mean, it would also, you know, 
because one of the things that um, Alex Shaza like levied against Sabellian is that you helped father out. Well, it's like now we know why. Right. You helped father yeah. out. It's like you helped out Deathwing. You were on his side. Don't think that I didn't forget about that. Yeah. Is what she said. <laughs> yeah. Right. And this kind of would go to show like <laughs> if you knew what I had to deal with just to survive, you wouldn't look down. Yeah, like that, that's yeah. what it almost feels like is a way of maybe setting up, you know, for those of like like you and I, right? We played Alliance. We actually quested with um, Sibelian out there in Blades Edge Mountain. So we kind of like got that picture of him. Yeah. We don't trust him, right? Nope. <laughs> so this would be a way of like making him more, I don't know, likable or, you know, understanding where he's coming from. Yeah, because unless you have really good memory... When he showed up, I mean, I don't have that great of memory. So he showed up like, who the bleep are you <laughs> showing up thinking you get to take the throne? Back off, man. <laughs> I don't trust you. <laughs> Keep my eye on you. You are so sus. You're so sus. I am voting for you. So, so sus. So <laughs> sus. Yeah, you are being expelled from the spaceship or space station or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> You're out of here. I'm voting for you. So sus. <laughs> All right. Should we move on to the next one? Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah. All right. So the next one is called Neltharis Stands. And this is to the right of the Neltharis Dungeon entrance. Behold, the bulwark of the Dragon Isles, Neltharis. Any who would threaten the land of dragons will first have to contend with its finest defenses. Our numbers are great. Our weapons are greater still. Whether it be by claw, breath, or blade, our enemies will fall. Let this place serve as a warning and grave to any who would be mad enough to test our prowess. For this is our oath, to protect the deep places of the world, to protect the world itself, to protect our kin. We will see dragonkind prosper under our watchful eye and warding wings. I like how it calls out that they are protecting the deep places of the world as well. Because it's like, hey, if you think you can burrow under this wall, mm-mm, we got that too. <laughs> We're protecting the deep places. The deep places of the earth. Yep. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. You can't go under. No, nope. We're yep. watching. And I just thought it was cool to get another look into the just the thought process of the Black Dragonflight and to actually hear their oath again or how they see their oath. Yeah. It's a good oath. Yeah, it's also why... Most likely, if we are going with the, the concept of um, if the Drakthir do actually get a third spec, it is probably going to be a tank, right? Talking about how the Black Dragonflight was basically the, the defenders of the, the Dragon Isles, the defenders of the, the deep places, the defenders of the world right. itself. Yeah. So Emberthal and all of the fact that the, the Black Dragon uh, magic has been sucked out of all of the Drakthir. It seems yeah. to me like that is what is going to happen. They're not going to like upset the apple cart of, oh no, you know, we're going to create a fourth spec, right? That literally every raid has to have, or you're going to fail because we're going to balance around it now. No, they're just going to be horrible. They're just going to make another tank. Yeah. That's, that's in my opinion, the black dragon spec is going to be the tank. I can see that. I don't, I, I'm still undecided on if I think they're going to actually do that or not. But if they were to do another spec, I can see that being a thing. Would you like to move on to the Onarian Plains? 
I would love to move on to the Iron Plains. It's very tranquil. It's very peaceful. Yes. It kind of looks like where I'm from right now because it's springtime. It's springtime right now. So this is nice. <laughs> Everything's finally getting green. This is green. And the, the beautiful rolling hills. It's nice. So uh, that's the Anaran Plains, which isn't very plains-like if you think about the rolling hills. Rolling hills is more the foothills, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this rack is titled The Null Wars. When we first arrived on the Anaran Plains, we were not alone. Knolls lurked in the shadows, grinning with malice as they set their snares. Our Ohuna... Soaring overhead, watched their migration. Onarin's winds carried mocking laughter to us. When the children of Maruk and Tira first faced these foes, the gnolls tested their patience. They fought with fury and hatred, as if they had nothing to lose. Inevitably, we pushed them from their planes. We lost many, but they lost more. But if you see a single gnoll, be wary. They're like cockroaches. Where there is one... There are always many more. Do not let them surround you. Ugh, it's gross. Drive them out. <laughs> Call the Orkin Man. Show them there is no land. No prey. No room for their kind here, because that's super gross. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's like where there is one, there are many more. It's true. I mean, I remember questing back in Westfall back in the day. It did feel like there were just so many gnolls. Yeah, that and or murlocs. They, murlocs. I think, they're, I think they're cousins. They're related. That's a re- really, really weird relation. Or at the very least, they just have a, I guess, like a, a common ancestry of crazy people that like to flack and murder you in giant Maybe. numbers. Maybe. <laughs> Pushing murder hobos. But I like this because it gave us a little bit of Knoll history, at least from this area. I like the Knoll history where you found the kid. That was adorable. Right. Yeah, that, that was actually pretty cool. That was pretty cool. It just it gives us a glimpse into the early days of the plains. I mean, we know that these centaurs have been here since before the War of the Ancients. And these are actually the earliest known centaur, though we don't actually know their origin. Unless it was said during questing and wow. Pedia forgot and I forgot, but to my knowledge, we don't know their actual origin. I believe, and I could be wrong, so I'll just put it out there with a caveat of if I have anything wrong and you got proof, cool. <laughs> I'm not going to be shocked. I'm not going to be shocked. But I believe they are from the same batch as the Kalimdor, as the, the ones, the centaur from Kalimdor, right? They were created from the relationship of Therizane's daughter and uh Cenarius's son, right? Right. I, again, I don't remember their names off the top of my head, but I know who their relations are. So that relationship that originally created the centaur, I believe it was the uh the the wild god Onara that led a group of the centaur to the Onaran plains before okay. the war the before the war of the ancients. So I can see that. I believe that was their lineage okay. and, and, and how they got there. Um it's also why they are much nicer because they kind of like they worship yeah. Onara and they went to a really nice place and not a crappy place like Desolus. Right? Ugh, Desolus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really bad place like Desolus. Cause, yeah. Um, yeah. It's gross. <laughs> it's gross. But yeah, anyways, I picked this one because I thought it was nice to see a little, we just got a little bit of Null history and some Null Wars between the Nulls and the Centaur. And maybe this, maybe these centaur left before they found out that their dad hated them, right? Because that maybe that's why. Maybe. They're nicer. <laughs> I mean, that would make me nicer. I get it. 
Yeah, that would. That would make, make me a lot nicer. <laughs> By the way, your dad hates you. Uh, it's fine. I already left. I Whatever. I'm, I'm gone. I'm it's gone. fine. <laughs> what I don't know, don't hurt me. Bye-bye. There you go. All right. You, you want to take the next one? Yeah. So this one's called Your Dreamer. And it's by the Shady Sanctuary. Well, it's like just south of there. It says, Theramus, I had hoped to leave word with you directly, but this will have to do. The aspects and I are needed elsewhere. For how long? I cannot say. Something threatens this world. Not even Maligos seems to know exactly what we are facing. It seems in this, we fly blind. Watch over this place, dear one. Keep us safe, both for the dream and for me. I will return soon enough. Hopefully in time for the new bloom. We shall plant even more together. Your dreamer. Wow, this is freaking heartbreaking. Now I see why Theramus was locked up in the cave. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, for those who don't remember Theramus, Theramus is that NPC in the cave by the Shady Sanctuary. Um, that's all super like down and depressed since the loss of Sarah. And there's two other people that have you going on a quest chain to do or obtain different things to try help cheer him up. And at the end, we actually get to see him cheer up some, which is nice. But now that we see this stone... We see that, like him and Ysera were actually pretty closely connected. Way more than I thought so. So really quick, make sure I'm, I'm reading this correctly. When Ysera wrote to him, watch over this place, dear one. Does that mean he stayed on the Dragon Isles? I think he did. Yeah, so he was the only dragon that stayed behind? Or at least, I imagine that there's others. Like That's never been talked about, but I'm sure there's a handful of others that stayed behind. Okay, so... It just seemed, you know, a lot of the dragon kin, they're always like, the dragons have returned, right? I mean, obviously the the large group of them, the big, the mass. Right. So, but so I guess you could still be excited that the dragons are returning when there's literally only one or two or three, right? Because that's not a lot of dragons. So I can see why they would still be like, oh, the dragons are returning, even though there was like a couple still here. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, if he stayed behind and he stayed on the dragon isles, I guess that would mean it probably worked the the same way. It would mean if he left, he wouldn't be able to find his way back. Probably not. And he wouldn't leave because Ysera asked him to take care of things. Yeah. So the fact that it's... And the reason why I wanted to make sure I was reading that correctly is because that leads me to then go, oh, now I see why he's so depressed. Because even though Ysera died back in Legion, which was for us several years ago, right? He didn't know until just now. He just found out. Yeah. So he is just yeah. now grieving. Because this isn't, this is new news to him. This isn't, you know, five years old, right? He he is n just now starting to grieve because he just found out. Yeah, that's entirely possible. And I mean, we got the whole thing with the Emerald Tears and whatnot. Like, there's just a lot going on. But I kind of wonder too, because... You mean shenanigans? Whoops. <laughs> there were no shenanigans. <laughs> there is grief, good sir. Grief is not shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> took a drink and I actually smacked the button. It's fine. <laughs> but so in this, Ysera says, watch over this place, dear one. Now, one of two things here, either dear one as in a phrase that Ysera would call many of the people of her flight, you know, because she cares about them. It's like the ones who call people hun and sweetie that, you know, they genuinely care about. Or if dear one means that Ysera sees Theramis as someone 
even close, like really close to her than the average green dragonfly member, which I guess, I guess, I guess she would. Yeah, probably. Keep it safe for both the dream and for me. Yeah, I, I, I think they were pretty close. I don't know if they were like hooking up or anything when Ysera would be awake. Well, but if she's anything like her sister, the answer was they were probably hooking up. I mean, it's entirely possible. They, they clearly had a situation, at least in the Red Dragon flight, of like there's a there's a new show on TLC about it. It's called Seeking Brother Husband. <laughs> Alex Shaza had many brother husbands. <laughs> Is there really a, cold, a show called Brother Husband? Seeking Brother Husband. Oh dear God. <laughs> So that's what I'm saying. It was all very consensual. Everyone was down for it. It was everyone loved it. It was great. No drama. I mean, dragon culture is very different. Dragon culture is very different. Yeah. So oh yeah. So I mean, Tyrannostraz, he was super, he's like, he was so in love with Alex Shaza, like a deep-seated romantic love. He loved her so much. Same with Coriolistraz. Coriolistraz was like he was the main head piece, over heels. Well, I mean, yeah. Tyrannostraz is older than Coriolistraz, so you don't necessarily yeah. know, but they were clearly in a relationship <laughs> at the same yeah, time. For sure, for sure, yeah. Right, so if Ysera is anything like her sister, same deal, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, and, and I'm just saying, it probably works a lot better in dragon culture is since they don't have to carry their young, they lay eggs. Right. Yeah. So that's the true. gestation period is much simpler for them. It's they lay the egg and they say, Hey, how you doing, Coriolis Rez? What's going on? You want to fertilize some eggs? How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and you got you gotta grow the flight somehow. So oh, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's how it works. Another thing I liked about this is that it was another glimpse into the time that the aspects actually left the aisles. And to see like how others felt about them leaving. And it's also interesting to see how the different aspects depend on Malagos. Because, you know, you got... Yes, Sarah is all saying not even Malagos knows what's going on, you know. And Nathiri yeah. needed Malagos for all the security stuff. So it's just... I thought that was an interesting glimpse into that as well. And Malagos feels like the only guy that knows how to fix your computer. <laughs> right? <laughs> Magical IT support. It's like, oh, God... <laughs> Uh, so yeah, they probably were used to going to him for everything. When he finally didn't know, he's like, I, I don't even know, man. Like, I don't know what's going on. They were, they're worried. They're like, even well, he yeah, doesn't Malagos know. doesn't even know. Then it's bad. It's bad news, everyone. It's bad juju. It's bad juju. Malagos <laughs> don't know. All right, would you like to move on to the next one? This one is called Dreams in Emerald. It is just north of the shady sanctuary across the river. The gardens first called to me in my dreams. In pleasant moments of light slumber, my mind wandered, envisioning the vast forests of the Emerald Dream. Ysera sensed my fascination. Somnicus, she said, you will be the first caretaker of the garden. In ritual, I contemplated Ysera's portal between the languid realm and our own. I am no sage, no mage, yet my mind showed me the way, revealing my path to the Emerald Dream. In the waking world, the seeds of a great forest sprouted and thrived and soon towered all over the place where I dreamed. The trail I blazed has always been sacred to me. In the depths of my dreaming, the gardens await. Nice little glimpse into maybe a little bit more of how the Emerald Dream works, maybe? Yeah, maybe. It's also, I mean, if the Emerald Dream is anything even remotely like the Shadowlands, which we kind of know it is since they are linked, 
right? Between yeah. Ardenweald and, and the Emerald Dream or some section of the Emerald Dream. The loop. Yeah, <laughs> clearly there is some type of connection there. It's weird that they would be able to travel there because, you know, if you think about how do you get to the Shadowlands if not by just dying? Right. You apparently break a hole in the sky. <laughs> right. That's that's weird. So it definitely is would not be easy to get to the Emerald Dream. It seem to me it seems like it would take quite a bit of uh, effort. It's probably one of the reasons why Ysera blessed Nordrasil with you have easy access into the Emerald Dream. Right. Yeah, you know, why would you even give that blessing if it was already easy? <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. So obviously it took some great effort. So when Somnicus wasn't, and if I'm corrected, it was Somnicus was the green dragon that lost his child. Right. Yep. Yeah. So Somnicus, he is no sage or no mage. He doesn't have any magical powers, so to speak of, to get into the Emerald Dream yet. Because the dreamer showed him the path, I guess, is how I'm kind of reading this. Yeah. He was able to find his way there. So it almost speaks to how good of a teacher Ysera was almost. Yeah, I think so. I see that. It's just really interesting to hear him talk about how in the waking world, the seeds of the great forest sprouted and thrived and soon towered where I dreamed. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that means like maybe where they sleep. Where they sleep. Things sprout up around them maybe that was just my mental image i don't know if that's accurate or not that was just the mental image it gave me the way you're talking now i'm now picturing you've ever been by that the like really rundown place where um the grass in their front yard is like really really tall yes right and then they go someone actually finally goes to like weed eat the grass down and they find out there's like a car under that grass <laughs> right. right. I'm now picturing that's what the worgen looked like when they were sleeping beneath Darlnir. Eventually, they were just completely covered in the grass. Maybe. Entirely <laughs> I mean, I don't know if they have the power of the Emerald Dream to like make things sprout up around them or anything, but maybe. Oh, I think it just it just naturally grew around them because they went sleepy yeah. sleep underneath Darlnir. That's true. You go sleepy sleep long enough, things like that happen, I guess. And obviously, they didn't <laughs> die, so no one mowed that lawn. So. Right. Because that would have been a bunch of mulched up uh, working. Red. It could be red grass. Yeah. yeah, Oops. That's not good. (laughs) It's horrible. That's that's how I, that's where I went when you were talking about, oh, they're sleepy sleep and the grass sprouted around them. I'm like, (laughs) wow, my mind went places. (laughs) Wow. It sure did. (laughs) Oh, Somnicus. I swear I would protect Somnicus for my life. Well, who would you protect first? Don't do this to me. Tavon. No, no. No, no. Don't, no. This is not a conversation we're having right now. He's a good... <laughs> we'll be here a long time. He's a good fluffy boy. He's a good boy. He's a good boy. He's a good boy. That's Tavon. That's Tavon. And Somnicus is like, I'm sad. Come on. You know, you're, you're, going, you're saving Tavon first. Somnicus would save Tavon first. talking about this right first. now. Yes, I would save Tavon first because Somnicus would tell me to. Yeah, exactly. I'd be crying the entire time and be like, Somnicus, I'm sorry. You know why you saved Tavon first? Because Tavon saves Somnicus. There we go. See, I saved Tavon, and then Tavon goes and pulls Somnicus out of whatever bad he's in. He's a big fluffy boy. He's a good boy. That's why you (laughs) saved Tavon, and he (laughs) saves Somnicus. Because that is his purpose. There we go. 
That is his Perf- purpose. Perfect. We know what Tavon's purpose is. is he's a good boy. <laughs> and he saves all the people from the bad stuff. So there you go. That's why you save Tavon. I like it. Yeah, see? It's adorable. <laughs> this is why we save Tavon, even though we would protect Somnicus with our life. But so would Tavon. Tavon would too. It's true. Because he's the best boy. He is the best boy. Yeah. We should move on to Azure Span now. There's more of these to get to. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. We have more. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Next up, we're moving over to the Azure Span, picking out a few of these. It says, attention, immediate evacuation. It's to the right of the bridge, near the top of the, the ruins of Karnthar. Karn- right, you got to read this right. Attention, residents. Power of the Spellkeeper. <laughs> picture, picture that, okay? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> By order of the spellkeeper, all work herein will immediately cease and all dragons must evacuate the area. As you know, our efforts here, while well-intentioned, have attracted the ire of the nearby Furbog camp. Despite our attempts to reassure the tribe of the necessity of this facility, as well as our offers of protection, the Furbog insist on being left alone in the most violent of fashions. I did my best to present our case to Our Lady, but her word is final. Our work here will remain unfinished. However, it will not be wasted. I have been reassured that the new location is free of any potential disturbances. Gather your research and assemble there. Well, I got a question. Yes. Were the Furbog kicking the ever-loving shit out of the Blue Dragons? Or were the Blue Dragons just like, stop, like, stop, you're, stop, I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to hurt you. Okay, 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 I'll leave. God, which do you think it is? Well, I think the Furbog were probably capable of kicking some, at least some dragon butt. I think in the end, the dragons would win. So I think it was more that they were just a nuisance and causing chaos and, you know, maybe knocking over their crap. And I'm, I'm imagining like annoying. an army of ducks showing up at your door. Adorable, <laughs> adorable ducks knocking at your door. And, and they're like, but they're like, you know, <laughs> they're saying like, we're going to come and get you. You get out of here right now. <laughs> they're like, right. And then they're going to come in to the house <laughs> and you, you don't want to hurt them because they're too cute. You're like, oh my God, you guys are so adorable. But they're kind of like nipping at you. So you're a little scared. You're like, oh my God, guys, guys, I don't want to hurt you. I think this is what happened. <laughs> Maybe it's entirely now. I'm just getting this weird mental image of like somehow a fur bog mixed with a duck. Well, I mean, we, we the fur bogs are adorable. I mean, I'm from the Timber Maw Tavern, of course, so we love the fur bogs. Of course, we're of very course. pro fur bog, right? In in our guild and this podcast as a whole, because if you're not pro fur bog, you're off the show. It's true. It's true. I have not done that quest line yet, but I'm I am pro fur bog. I, I haven't done it yet either, so. Okay, feel better then. <laughs> I'm not that pro for a bug. Come on. It's it's on my list of things to do. I probably would have done this last week, but then Noble Garden happened, so. Yeah, of course, of course. Well, uh, for, back to the stone, though. For those <laughs> for those who don't know this area, um, this is this. there's a side quest at the ruins. It has Lothos and R- R- Renan Corin, and they are sent to investigate a spike in arcane energy and they found members of the Sun of Flame causing shenanigans and issues. And we used Raiden's awesome device, or RAD, to investigate. So rad. It's rad. <laughs> um, and there's things that happen. There's 
sad ending. At first, the, the quest line's kind of boring, but then you actually start getting into like the characters of Lathos and Raynan and their like mm-hmm. friendship and working friendship, whatever. And then things happen at the end. And it was very sad. Uh, my heart, my heart. Yeah, <laughs> very sad. I picked the stone because now I'm kind of wondering. So it's attention, media evacuation, media evacuation. The ducks are attacking. The ducks are attacking, right? So. Was this place, this location, like, whole, and then they evacuated, and then the Furbog turned it into ruins, maybe? Yeah, I think there's there's lots of little ruins around the Azure Span, so it was probably one yeah. of those things. So, it was it was very likely, like, the Black Dragon, or Black Dragon, the Blue Dragon Flight was all set up, and they made a shop, and everything, like, do-do-do-do-do, they're doing all their little arcane research, and do-do-do-do, <laughs> arcane research, do-do-do. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and then just suddenly they're just, you know, up there doing their Lulus and then the Furbog just showed up and be like, we're, uh, we're very anti-Lulu. <laughs> we do knocking over stone We and do stuff. the shaman version where we make deals. We make deals <laughs> with elements. We don't, we don't do the Lulus. Uh, so. <laughs> we don't do the Lulus. <laughs> so yeah, they, they were, I don't know, they were upset for some reason. And the blue dragons were like, okay, you adorable ducks, we'll we'll go over here. And the ducks were like, we are victorious. Quack, quack, quack. It's kind of like the mighty ducks. Quack, 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 quack. <laughs> Man, I need to watch that movie again. It's been so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's good, good times. It's a good movie. Great. Uh, I think we should move on to the next one. The Vow. By the cave in Rust Pine Den. To the left of Stoneheart, the stone-looking Furbog, the blue one apologized for the actions of her kind. She has promised that they will abandon their camp and leave our land. She has also offered the aid of her people, should we have need. I have turned her away. Why should we trust so readily? When our words were ignored until our spears joined the speaking, let it be known, her word has been given. We have been told that this vow is unbreakable. Should any of her kind encroach on our land, her word is nothing, and we will take action. There we go. I originally, I was all thinking, was there an Iskar that wrote this? I don't know. But now I'm realizing it was actually a perp for bogs. I think this is the other side of the last stone. Yeah, it is. I don't know. They connect. Why they connect completely. Yeah. Like, why well, I didn't realize that when I was doing show notes, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, that's totally like, that's, I mean, that's probably, it was probably Stoneheart who wrote this stone. Yeah. And. And also it was very likely uh, Sindragosa that the she. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because she says by order of the spellkeeper, all work uh, here and will immediately. Because if it was Malagos, it would just say, hey, get out. Right. <laughs> yeah, and Cinder Grossa absolutely would have the authority to do things. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. So this is very probably the Furbog saying like, "Yeah, quack quack quack." We we got him out of there. <laughs> Cheer that, everyone! Furbog, go quack quack quack. Uh huh. They do. Here first. <laughs> they're they're kind of like um, platypus bears from Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> quack quack quack. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, there's not much to talk about here. It's just like, it's no. the, it's the other side of the story. Just a connection. Yeah. Just, you know, one of those neat little things. It gives a little bit of depth and dimension and whatnot. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up, we have Vakthros Maintenance. 
And this is at the top level of the tower in Vaxoros. It says, A note to all guards and attendants. Although perhaps my finest work to date, Vaxoros is also the most delicate due to the nature of the enchantments provided to reinforce the nearby vault. The tower has been keyed to every major ley line in the Azure Span. While ingenious, this does pose a considerable amount of risk. If there are any signs of structural or arcane damage to the tower, report to me immediately. Should you fail to do so, well, I suppose you would not survive long enough to regret that decision, Malagos. So we have our author. I like when they actually sign them. Own up to the fact that you wrote the stone. Let us know who you are. Malagos wrote this. Yeah. Yeah, he did. And so those who don't know uh, or have forgotten, Bakthros is that one spire that has all of the ice spikes coming out of it. Yeah. And if also I remember correctly, Vakthros is the tower that the Azure Span questing line ended at where you were defending it. And Razagath was trying to like, Yes. Yeah, I'm fairly certain that was the one. And that's when Emma Gosa was like, no. no. Emma Gosa. I love Emma Gosa. Not break the tower. <laughs> Awkward teenage Emma Gosa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who looks like she belongs in How to Train Your Dragon. She's like, you get out of here, Razagath, right now. <laughs> I want to pet her. Yeah, so. That adorableness out of the way. Uh, that was the tower. And it gives actually a little bit of background as to why Razagath may have been attacking this tower. Right? Yeah. Because Malagos is like, this is the best, this is the best goddamn tower I ever made. You see this thing? He's so he's so full of himself. This is so Malagos. Like, it's ingenious. He's like, everyone's like, it's so cool. Holy <laughs> shit. So cool. <laughs> ten out of ten. Would make another Vakthros if I could. But I can't, cause it's too cool. Um, and I don't. There can be only one. I don't know what it does. I don't know, but I, w- I want to point out that there seems to be an issue in Warcraft history with ley lines and when they meet up with each other. <laughs> well, that's usually where shenanigans them. happen, right? Like everyone wants them. That's sh- yeah, like shenanigans, like things happen. So I kind of wonder, like, are we gonna get more things with that factors at some point? There are some who seem to think that the, the ice spikes coming out of it has something to do with Viranoth. Possibly. Um, but, I mean, when you're dealing with blue dragons and the fact that they're from Koldara. Yeah, I mean, span, who knows? Like, it could just be a blue dragon thing. Like, they they love their ice. They're big This ice. is true. This is true. I mean, they literally sneeze and they have icicles. So, for all I know, someone had a bad cold oh, near That Vaxos. sounds painful. <laughs> <laughs> like, Malagos just be like, oh, shit. Actually, that looks kind of cool. Never mind. Keep Leave it. it. Leave it. <laughs> Keep my ice boogers there <laughs> sticking out of the tower. <laughs> the ley lines will do things. Yeah. So, I mean, the ley fine. lines in the Warcraft universe are a lot like um, countries that have a lot, a lot, a lot of natural resources. It actually winds up being that countries that are super wealthy with, for example, oil, wind up being kind of a mess politically. Yeah, that's true. So all these ley lines usually create a big political mess because everyone wants them. It's kind of like the whole reason we had Battle for Azeroth was the the Azure popping up. Popping up. And everyone was like, gimme, 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 gimme. Right? 
It's kind of like that. These ley lines are like, oh, this is amazing, right? It's the exact same. It's the reason. It is literally the reason trolls and elves hate each other. Yeah. No joke. It's literally the reason, right? Trolls said, this this is our ancestral home. We like we have a lot of history here. This this is our land, right? Right. We this is like troll burial ground, basically. They were burying their dead near the ley lines. Well, the the elves came in and were like, you know, we're gonna dump a vial the whole eternity on it, <laughs> make it a sunwell, and then and then we win. Uh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's why they hate each other. So yeah, yeah. ley lines always seem to be cause of something bunch of issues mm, lots of issues lots of issues lots lots of issues well i think we could probably move on to the next section of stones that we chose which is from Thaldrasis. <gasps> Thaldrasis. a timely message coral 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 dorming coral dorming i got it took a sec but i got it oh haha very funny Look, I am certain you think it is a marvelous prank, but if someone of an age, not our own, finds the, those pages, they may learn of events and incidents they should not know about. Think about the uh, temporal repercussions. You could get Biff. You could be opening the way to paradox, and you know Father wouldn't be happy about that, would you? Martin, neither would Marty McFly. Also, it it was my diary. I don't care when you took it. Bring it back. I thought this was a fun one, so I had to do it. <laughs> it is a fun one. But also, like, it shows, like, kind of how members of the Bronze Dragonfly might see us. You know, if someone of our age, if, if someone of an age not our own finds these pages, it's bad, okay? Yeah. They're so ancient and they know so many timeline things and we're just us. Well, it also feels like the joke is, is that they have this diary and someone sent it back in time. Right. Kind of like the sports almanac. Right. It had, right. Like this diary has all sorts <laughs> of different really, secrets, yeah. basically. Yeah. So it even t- <laughs> it even adds a little bit more interesting twist to it when it says, I don't care when you took it. Right. It's not saying I don't care that you took it last week. No, no, no. They took it like very recently, but they took it back in time. I don't care when right. you took it. Right? It to me is it's hilarious because it's like you're going to create a time paradox and Nazdormu is going to be upset with us. And it's my diary. Jerk face. <laughs> and also don't read my diary. Ass. Do we think it could be Chromie that wrote this one? Eh, it could this be. seems a little Chromie-ish to me. This this feels very Chromie. So, if we were to read it... Oh, ha ha, very funny. Look, I'm certain... Yeah, it sounds a little chromey. You get it? Did you hear the chromey no, no, in there? No, well, I Elmo. can't do chromey, exactly. But I can do I can do a little Elmo. <laughs> I was going to do my female numb voice, but we're just going to go with that. That's fine. All right, all right, all right. We got Elmo right. instead of chromey. <laughs> Any other thoughts with this one? No, it's just really funny. <laughs> yeah, it was just I, I couldn't pass it up. All right. Next one short. It's called Keeper's Blessing, and it's by the Graveyard Spawn Point in Tearhold. It says to those who follow the Titan's path, no focus, no harmony. To those who follow the Titan's teachings, grant wisdom, grant strength. For those who fall from the Titan's grace, 
in the deep places we shall bind you. For those who betray the Titan's gifts will be broken and reforged anew. Uh, hashtag Razagath was right. <laughs> Holy crap, dude. For those who betray the Titan's gift will be broken and reforged anew. To me, I'm like, if you don't do what we like, we're going to destroy you and recreate you so that you follow our path. I mean, they do have the forge right there. Yeah. <laughs> like at first, when I first read this, I thought maybe Tyr wrote this. But that last line, I don't know. Like that doesn't. I mean, I could be entirely wrong. Could that be Odin. Feel very, it could be Odin, but like, because that last line just did not feel, feel very tearish to me. No, no. He was like, I like my secrets. <laughs> yeah. But it could be tear. I mean, we don't necessarily know. I mean, the, fir- the first two lines, that could easily be tear. Yeah. Just, I just, it's that last line that throws me off. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I, I guess what we're, we're saying here is, do we really know tear? I don't I mean, do. not really. Yeah. So. I, Maybe that's the real tier, right? Maybe. Maybe that's the, think, the side of tier we just didn't know about. It's possible. I think it's it's been really interesting, this expansion, because we have gone so long thinking, that, I mean, not everyone thought this, but many people thought this, that the Titans were the good guys, you know? And now we're everyone learning that. Everyone but thought that, yes. <laughs> yeah, yes, it's true. And now it's not so much of a good or bad, it might be more of a morally gray kind of thing. And so... <laughs> Well, right? Thought you like that. So, like, while like a part of me is like, yes, like that first part was totally tear, and there's no way that second part is tear. But maybe, but maybe, because we just we just don't know entirely. Yeah, I don't know. It just sounds like it's it sounds very much like the light, basically. Right? Yeah. Your old life has passed. The light will forge you a new one. To take. The light will heal your scars. I am my scars. The light is your destiny. My destiny, my To me, it has that vibe to it. You know, it's got Zira saying, saying, you know, wrapping her tendrils around Illidan again. Hey, my destiny is my own, and that right there, we all—we're all like badass, f-ing Illidan. Like, go! <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Holy shit! Right? Razagath does it, and we're like, typical proto Drake, acting out of line, <laughs> not listening to the Titans. Hmm. All right. So maybe that's what we got going on. Maybe. Hashtag Razagath did nothing wrong. That's what I'm saying. I mean, Razgast done some things wrong. Okay, okay, absolutely, but so have we. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Right, we're not we're not perfect over here. Right? We're not doing what about isms here. We're talking about the root. <laughs> that's right. We're talking about the root of the issue, right? The very beginning, the cause of the conflict. Who was originally right? Now, obviously, you can say, "Oh, war crimes were committed," and that pretty much throws all morality out the window for them and you're kind of like well shit we were on your side but now it's like eridicron you crossed the line <laughs> right <laughs> so that's i like like you know where the war went aside i'm kind of curious who was right right yeah 
because I I'd, I'd love to know say like the whoever betrayed the Titan's gift right who was that right and I'm assuming that's like the primalists or not necessarily the primalists but the the incarnates like they were the ones that betrayed because they were probably offered the gift to become dragons most likely right so yeah that makes sense because like one of the things I was wondering about is the second to the last line it says for those who fall from the Titan's grace in the deep places we shall bind you and who all have titans bound in deep places? Old gods. I mean, yeah. we we know about the old gods, right? But but how could you fall from the titans' grace? Right. If so you it can't were be old, an god. old god. You were never in their good graces. Right. Exactly. So I mean, it it probably is referring to the primal incarnates then. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we know about the titans and and, clen- and attempting to cleanse Azeroth and all that um, because of the, the old gods, but. It seems to me like they're locking up more than just old gods in the deep places. Yeah. I mean, we've seen it with Incarnates. What else could they be locking away? Maybe that's what we'll find out Aberus truly was. Maybe originally Aberus was a Titan facility to lock away something that was fallen. Like, I don't know. It could be. And then Eltharian started experimenting on them. Mm, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, probably not, but it could be. <laughs> and if we don't learn more this patch, then who's to say... In future patches, we don't. Yeah. Because, I mean, this is this is some creepy Titan juju is all I'm getting at. Yeah. (laughs) And we're only at 10.1. So who knows what else we're going to learn in this expansion. Yeah. Honestly, out of all of the stones that we read, this is the one that made me go like, wait, what? The most. Right. Wait, wait till you get till we get to the end. (laughs) Well, we'll see. There's a better one. Well, speaking of better ones, or maybe not, I don't know about this one. We'll see. <laughs> don't judge it. Uh, <laughs> but the next one is called Guardian Wings. It's in a clearing northeast of Algethera. The posture in there. It's hard to read. The Academy place uh-huh. over there. It's fine. I know you are out there across the divide. Oh, that's that's five. <laughs> I see you scanning the skies at night. I wonder what it is you search for. I would ask you directly, but I have been told to not approach. Rumors suggest you prefer to live in solitude. I will respect that, and I hope that your search, whatever it might be, proves fruitful. And I will keep my eyes set in your direction every now and again, just to reassure myself of your safety. We must look after one another, after all. It is the way of dragon kind. This is the way. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Yes. <laughs> well, how could it not? It's, just, it's right there. Um, so this is that one that ties into our first one we read from Skytop. And I, I like that thought. That's just like, I just want to reassure myself of your safety. Like, they they don't know this person who's living in solitude. Or maybe they do. I don't know. But I, they, they care either because it's, you know, a fellow dragon or just because, I don't know, they they care about the person, hope they're okay, but it just, it's, I don't know, it, just, it warms my heart when I hear stories of people caring about each other. It does. And it would also be really interesting if, and I know this isn't the case, but it would be interesting if every civilization, every race, whatever, has their version of the star auger, right? Ooh. Where that's actually what this guy was. He was staring up into the night sky because he was terrified of, what he saw and he wanted to know when it was coming when was the baby f- i mean was the fell coming or when was the void coming yeah because like i definitely like between that the first stone and now this stone like i really want to know what this person was looking for 
and along with the whole thing about, you know, why they prefer to live in solitude and blah, blah, but like they're obviously so fixated on looking up at the stars in solitude that other dragons talk about it and they know amongst themselves that that is happening and you leave them alone. Why? I want to know why. We probably will never find out, but maybe. But I want to. (laughs) (laughs) She wants to, everyone. Just let it be known. She wants to. This is the way. (laughs) This is the way. (laughs) I just, I had to pick this one because they're connected, so. Perfect. All right. Next up, we have one called Valdraken. Imagine that. Over by some bushes near the south southern entrance to Valdraken. It says, My beloved kin, it is here we have built a monument to our unity. Valdraken stands not just as a home, but an example of what draconic ingenuity and cooperation can create. Every dragon has put their mark on this place through both the magic of their flight and their dedication to each other. From its heights, we can watch over the aisles keep them under our care. We can gather and share what we have accomplished, ensuring that each new generation continues to grow and thrive. Valdraken is a place of harmony, of balance, and of the love that unites us. As you walk its paths and speak with your kin, let that love guide you. Together, we flourish. Alex Straza. That's beautiful. That's why I picked it. It's just beautiful, beautiful ideals for Valdraken. Plus, it's Alex Straza. I could not read it because we actually have an author. Alex Straza. Yep. So that's why we like you her. You don't deny. You don't deny the Alex Straza. Right. Even if you're one of those weirdos that is like doesn't really agree with Alex Straza's personal life choices, you're like, no, this is beautiful. Yes. Yeah. How many brother husbands you got, Alex Straza? Her <laughs> 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 <Our> husbands. <laughs> But it, again, it is we get to see the the beautiful ideals for Valdraken and what Alex Straza probably would have hoped for for all of the dragon flights and the dragon isles is for them to be in in harmony and balance and to come together and all that jazz. That's really that that's really it for the for that one. It's, yes. it was too good to not do so. Beautiful. Last three. Yes. In the Zaralak Cavern. <laughs> and I did, there's only three in the caverns. I did all three because uh, some of these are, some of these get kind of good. All right, well, since they're getting good, we'll just jump into them. Cannonball! Right. <laughs> Demanding perfection. <laughs> By the foot of a dragon statue in Brimstone Garrison. That will make sense to you eventually, but if you haven't been on the PTR, you have no idea where that is. The master detailed his specifications. As always, he expected perfection. We labored ceaselessly. We slept a little, but duty and fear kept us moving apace. Overseer Ketheros was called before the master. One of the passageways had been carved smaller than designs, he was told. There was fire and screaming. Then I was promoted to overseer. I will measure each passageway myself. The master will have his laboratory as designed, and I will return home to my broodmate and our whelplings. That's a way to get <laughs> promotion. <laughs> Dang. Until the word broodmate and our whelplings, I thought for sure this was Mechlo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can see you would think that. But no, not a goblin. It was a dragon. <laughs> 
yeah, again, it's just it's a glimpse into how Neltharian liked things and how he ran things. You know, just it had to be perfect. He led by fear. If he didn't like it, he killed you. Yeah. How he rolls. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely did the right accent since it was a dragon. But if it was a goblin, it would be like the master detailed his specifications. <laughs> <laughs> You're quite good at that. <laughs> As always, he expected perfection. <laughs> you mook. <laughs> wow. All right. Man, yeah, that's cool. Though. I just think that's cool. That's just like that's scary, man. I don't want that guy as a boss. Right. There was fire and screaming. Then I was promoted. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. The tents. Whatever they say, uh, measure twice, cut once. <laughs> right. Maybe like measure you. three times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I like how he's like, I'm going to make sure it's all right so I can make it home each yeah, night. I'm, okay? I'm going to double check. I'm just going to double check. <laughs> Trust but verify, as they say. Yes. Yes. But I'm, I'm going to be kind of curious to go through the raid through Avarice and see, like... If there's some some hallway that looks uneven or something and see if there's a corpse by it, be like some kind of nod to the stone. That would be that would be kind of cool. It would be if it's just like, why does this look? Why does it look would look off? It's not symmetrical. What's going on? You see it. Yeah, like, I'm like, I'm yeah, right. <laughs> I'm absolutely going to look for this. Yeah, that would be really cool. What's really funny is I, I just I froze for a second, like I'm like I was a dead skeleton, not making any noise, and I realized this is a podcast. I can't just do that. <laughs> I had to make a noise. <laughs> I had to make a noise. Even right. skeletons don't make noises. It didn't really make sense. Whatever. It's fine. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to add to this one? No, I want to get to the binding oaths. I'm really excited to get to this one. Okay. Uh binding oaths, uh, as he said. It's on the ground. When you when you get to know cause school. It's, it's over there by the entrance. That's really because cool. It's, uh, I don't know what that is. I don't know if I said that right. It's fine. It says, When at least we breached these hidden halls, the master was wroth. He murmured, he murmured angry words about Tyr's many secrets. I judged it unwise to press him further. But when we presented the artifact we'd found, his mood brightened. The ideal soldier never questions orders, he told us. The glove fit, as though it had been made for him. Before long, the master returned to his experiments, heartened that he would soon succeed. So, who do you think was doing this? Was it the, the dragons digging that found it? Or was it someone else digging? I get, I don't, I mean, it's someone in Neltharian's group. So I'm pretty sure they're referring to the power glove. The yeah. Oathbinder. Right? Because it says, when at last we breached these hidden halls, the master was wroth. He remembered angry words about Tyr's many secrets. Because he, he's like, oh, Tyr had created this hidden hall, right? He's like, look at Tyr, it's your stupid secrets. Ah! Right? right? But then they're like, hey, dude, we found a power glove. Wop, wop. Um, And he went, oh, sweet. I don't know what to do with this. Thanks. <laughs> so I, that's how I took it. Yeah, we know where he got it with Binder now. I want to know what else is hidden in those halls. If there are other things. No wonder he's got an arsenal. I guess they've been just digging around and they're going like, oh, we found another Titan place. Right. So, right. Yeah, they just must be digging around all those places. Weird that Titans like to make their facilities all underground too. It's like, but you know, they had the heart of Azeroth, the heart chamber, right? That was very much underground. Yeah. So yeah. Consistent. So here's something I want to I want to bring up. And this is why this is one of my favorite stones right here. 
And now this is a bit a bit tinfoil hot, I will admit. But that that's line. Whole episode. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But there's one line in particular that's grabbed me. The glove fit as though it had been made for him. Now, first you're like, uh, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. That's kind of weird. But I'm I'm gonna before before you you comment on this, Jen. I, w- I want to bring us back to the Dragon Scale 24 quest line. We hit 24 now, right? You enter the Titan facility with Toddy and the Cord counterpart. I'm sorry, I forget her name. There was a security council console. It was talking to what they thought would be Tyr, because Tyr's the one that enters that facility usually. There was a constellation-looking barrier that blocked our way to enter further. And so we had to go to the Hall of the Aspects, and we looked in the different Aspects consoles to locate the barrier override. It was located in Neltharian's console. Mm-hmm. So that makes me wonder, did Tyr put it there? Did Neltharian? Or did Tyr put it there, and the Power Glove actually was made for Neltharian? What is going on with this? Could this be a thing, or is my tinfoil hat very large? Wow, that tinfoil hat is quite large, but I like it. So it's a nice tinfoil hat. <laughs> it's very hat. shiny. It's very well made. <laughs> uh, it's very beautiful. Plenty of room for everyone underneath this tinfoil hat. Because <laughs> I feel like that's a very specific line. He'd be saying, the glove fit as though, had, as though it had been made for him. Yeah. That's a very specific line to say. And, and it's it's weird, the implications is what I'm getting at, is why I'm yeah. saying, like, who freaking knows? Now... If it was made for Naltherian, that would assume Tyr was like, all right, I'm making this for my buddy Naltherian because I need him to create the perfect soldier that he will control with his mind. And if that's what he thought he was going to do with that, right? if Tyr assumed, oh, well, Naltherian will totally do that once I give this to him, that's kind of messed up. Like, yeah. Like, why would you think that's what he would do? Like, are you assuming that he was going to create an... I mean, did it, maybe it makes sense to him. Because going back to the original purpose of even creating the dragons was to protect Azeroth. So if he thought this would allow Naltharian to protect Azeroth even further, regardless of what moral implications it might have, Maybe Tyr did do that. Maybe that was his plan all along of like, was like, well, I mean, if I need a perfect army, we might have to do some questionable things in the background, but hey, I'm down with it. And so is he. So I'll give him the glove. I give it to Alex Straza. She wouldn't do it. But now he totally would. And he did like his secrets. He probably didn't tell any of the other aspects that he had given given it to him. So one something, something else I'm thinking of too, um, as you were talking Ba- going back to the Dragon Scale 24 quest line. Yeah. There was a hall of samples and had escape earth, fire, ice, air, proto-dragons. Well, whelp-looking teenagers, whatever. And uh, they're seen flying around and there's two ancient proto-dragons inside stasis bubbles in the middle. And as you went to each one, a hologram of tear would come out and tell you more about those types of dragons. And A, Hall of Samples, sounds like a laboratory. B, some of the things he was saying, like, especially for the ice part, um, he was talking about blah, 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 blah. Some of it's kind of boring. The fact that proto-dragons complete inversion of their elemental tendency is not only possible, but so thorough, generates a intriguing thought exercise. And then his thought exercise was, is there any element or even energy that 
given the appropriate conduit, vessel, and time, proto-dragons are unable to integrate. So all that right there sounds a little experimenty to me. It sounds so like maybe, he even possibly created the incarnates. Maybe. Or, or, or was, I mean, it is, I mean, he, I think he did. Yeah, because if he's if Because he's it's sticking, earth, earth, ice, air, fire. Like, if you count Razageth as air, uh-huh. that's our four incarnates. Yeah. That's like Tyr created them. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's in the Hall of Samples, which, you know, between that and that, you know, thought exercise, that's, that screams experiments and laboratories and everything. So, yeah, yeah. If you found out you were a sample, you wouldn't exactly be thrilled to go along. Like, I mean, it's kind of like, you ever watched the movie Secret of Nim? Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's kind of like that. You find out you're just nothing but a bunch of lab rats. All right, that's, that's not a... That doesn't make you feel good. <laughs> yeah, I can see why they would think, oh, they can use us for whatever they want, right? Like, we're nothing but experiments to them, right? It's no wonder Razagath and the rest of the incarnates would, you know, go against the Titan's gift, which kind of goes back to the one where it's like, you know, if you if you go against the Titans, you know, for those that betray the Titan's gift will be broken and reforged anew. It's like... right. For all we know, the incarnates broke the Titan's gift and they then they created the aspects. Which doesn't really line up with the timeline because at, you know, Alex Straza said the reason they didn't just kill the incarnates was because they were like like clutch mates once. But right. maybe the incarnates were the original people that they tried to empower and they were just both fun proto drakes together, like the original aspects that killed Galakron. And then maybe the primalists, like maybe they did something else cool. I don't know. <laughs> Titans were around a long time. They could have done something. Right. right. Yeah. There's plenty of time in there for them to have done something else, but it didn't involve killing Galakron. Right. So. Yeah. Who freaking knows? Yeah. I mean, Tyr kept secrets more than we realized. I mean, because so going back to um, Dragon Scale 24 again, um, we you, you get the disc eventually, and, you know, when all said and done, you take it back to the Dragon Scale base camp. And... So a Ty's counterpoint, ca- sorry, counterpart is Nelidia River Gleam. I'm going to say that wrong. It's fine. We're just going to say River Gleam. Um, so the discs were rich with information, but not with answers. And River Gleam points out that Tyr was cataloging the life cycle and overall potency of the various proto-dragon phenotypes in the Dragon Isles, although for what purpose were uncertain. In addition, he was keeping a considerable database on the role, disposition, and relative power of the aspects. And she points out that Tyr's interest in the aspects seem illogical, but the proto-dragons somewhat less so. But the fact that he went to such great lengths to keep that facility and its contents, meaning the disc, a secret, that's that's a big deal. Yeah. It's like maybe he was the one that was tampering around, right? Yeah. Maybe he was actually the one that fed the old god-infused water to Galakrond. Right. Maybe, Maybe it was just simply an experiment that, you know, had dire consequences, right? Because that's the, the story that we have now is that Galakron drank old god infused water. And so they decided, right. oh, we're going to infuse that water. We're going to cleanse it using tight magic, uh, order magic to, to cleanse it and then create a big a bunch of aqueducts and ship it off to Valdraken to make sure that they got the good stuff, right? Yeah. So what if... It was actually Tyr that not only created Galakron, 
on accident. Like, okay, it was this experiment. It was on accident. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't necessarily know exactly what was going to happen. But he also created the Incarnates, right? And once they, you know, said no, he was like, all right, well, next try, we're going to go with these five over here. Yeah, that could be. And then he sent them to imprison the Incarnates, maybe. Yeah, you never know. Because they denied the gift. I'm not saying that's what happened. But based on but this it could be. stone, and we might be onto something. Dragon twenty four quest line. There's this dragon, dragon scale, dragon scale. Okay, dragon scale. That's right. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> dragon. That was just like here's a rock. <laughs> <laughs> More rocks. Yeah, it's like here's something that you can't use. Well, appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, with the dragon scale uh, twenty four quest line, it's like clues are there. Right? It's yeah. it's not it's not a guarantee, but maybe could be, maybe. Well, would you like to read our last one now that we got through that big one? Absolutely, primal power. It is by the foot of the tower at the center of the gaze of Naltharian area. Don't know where that is. Well, eventually, I will find out sometime around May second or third. <laughs> <laughs> to witness the earth water shape the land and draw forth the potent magma. That will power his laboratory was inspiring to us all. The Dejardin seek to drive us out, but the dragon slayers stand alone and have no hope of victory. The master says a great war is coming, and that he alone can protect dragonkind. Until our queen can be convinced that he is right, we must labor here in secret. By wing or by talon, we shall prevail. To me, this feels like this is when he created the idea for the dragon soul. Maybe. That's right. Because the big war is coming. War of the Ancients. That's how I take right. it. Right. And I was I was wondering which war he was referring to, but I think I've you know, I feel like War of the Ancients is a pretty 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 good guesser. Yeah. And then until our queen can be convinced that she is right, we must labor here in secret. So I gotta work on the the dragon soul in secret because you know maybe it's maybe it's not ready for prime time you know maybe he hasn't quite got his story straight with Malagos like I don't I don't know that's what it kind of feels like could be totally off though yeah I know something I was thinking about when reading this is that line by wing or by talon I'm pretty sure that's something the drakthir say yeah like it is. click lines it kind is. of thing and so I feel like it's a drakthir saying these things oh maybe it's the war with the, the incarnates that they're referring to Maybe, or maybe, I don't know, because like in the beginning of the expansion, I was all thinking that he put the Dracarian stasis to save them for some future war that's still yet to come that we haven't experienced yet. But now that I know, it's probably just because he was done playing with his play toys. I forgot. You're broken. I don't want to play with you anymore. <laughs> right, that's exactly what it is. So, I mean, it, it could be the War of the Incarnates. But it could also be the War of the Ancients. They were both. They were involved that, in both. So that li- that line of he alone can protect dragonkind. What I want to know is until our queen can be convinced. So say the Drakthir are a Drakthir person is one writing this. Is the queen Alexstrasza? Which, if they're talking about the dragon soul, I could see it being Alexstrasza. But could it be Adamanthia? Would would the Drakthir call Adamanthia queen? That might be a reach. It was just a thought I had. I'm not, I don't know if they would call her queen. Right. But yeah, I don't know. Could be, but I don't know. Not really sure. But yeah, I hadn't actually considered that this might be when he makes the dragon soul, but it's possible. I mean, this could be 
this raid could be where he made it. Yeah, I mean, we got that's the, gonna be really interesting. If we, we do find have the, the, the what's it called, the friggin' spirit or whatever, the of Naltharian, Naltharian as, yeah, uh, one of the raid bosses, which will not be tested on the PTR. So you won't hear about it until after it's already been cleared. <laughs> right. That's interesting. Oh, I'm so excited for this raid <laughs> and this patch in general. <laughs> yeah, me too. And this episode yeah. just made me more excited. Woo! Well, I think that's about it. It's kind of a, a longer one. Do you have anything else you want to add? No. No, I, I think we've talked a, a whole lot more than we initially thought we were going to about all of these. Yep, because I was all like, these stones are going to be so quick to go through until we go on tangents. And then I started talking about ducks. <laughs> and then, you know, apparently that takes a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's a bi-weekly show. It's true. Yes. Well, uh, shall we? Shall we think so? Should we think some patrons? I think we shall. That's right. It's the part of the show where we say a quick thank you to all our patrons that support us and keep this show going. If you'd like to join their ranks and support this show, you can do so by going to Patreon.com/LiveLaughLore. That's right, everyone. Patreon.com/LiveLaughLore. Now, this is the part of the show where we say a huge thank you. To not just all of our patrons, but specifically the top patrons that go above and beyond to be like, hey, I'm extra nice. Here's extra money. That's technically what that means. Uh (laughs) (laughs) And that is a poodle named Margot. Thanks. Appreciate that. That's a good one. I like that. Ickis. Classic Ickis. Always there. Very dependable Ickis. Nadoon. Same. Samesies. You're always there. It's amazing. Kamari, the loriest living laughster, Rogers. <laughs> I like that. Good. <laughs> the loriest. Yeah, it's it's a little out of order, right? So if it was live, laugh, lore, it would be the living, the livingest, which I now I see why you wouldn't do that with that word, because that's hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to spare you and you ruined it. The livingest laugher. Yeah, that's <laughs> never mind. I like you. Yours is better. Yours is better. There, that is. Could be living loriest. I'm just saying, Kamari, yours is better. <laughs> and mud, he took the T's out. So it's now it's just, it's back to mud. It's not mud. No more T's. All right, Chris Miller. <laughs> What'd you do to me? Selena Fajarnskagel of Agamagon. That is actually not bad. I did, that was pretty decent for what I was working with here. Agamagon. 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 Do, 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 do. I can't even say it. Agamagon. You should have heard when I did an episode of Dungeon Fables that had Agamagon in it, like my bloopers were real. Agamagon. 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 Selenia Fajark Snaggle of Agamagon. Okay. Chris Mellon. Yeah, we're going with that. Fajarn Skaggle. That was one of the back in. And Legion, that was one of the flowers you could pick for the, you know, Fijarn Skaggle. Usually found in Stormhine. Okay. St- now I'm not sure I want to actually play a Vrykul if that's what my name's going to look like. Fijarn Snaggle. <laughs> well, it might be because I always, I always said this like five different ways in Legion, but because it's from the Stormhine area, right? So the J might be more of a Y sound. Maybe it's like. Fjern Skaggle. Oh, yeah. Fjern Skaggle. I always called it Skaggle at the end. Fjern so Skaggle. Too much. 
or the Fjorn. I just I, 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 I'm like I never Krabs. called it the whole name. I just gave it nicknames. All right, no, no one else is messing with me anymore because now we have Dungeon Master Burke. <laughs> Great episode of world building with Burke, by the way. I really like it when he plays all of the I characters. I listened to it today. That was good. Yeah. Always, always a fan, and also he had a little like. Uh, clip of of raymond going i gotta be attack my dragons <laughs> Let me I, I was taking my dogs for a walk and i laughed at that part and they both looked back at me like what are you doing <laughs> yeah that was great uh mike smith thank you very much mike smith and your chorus your chorus that's all of them them's the top patrons and now i'm gonna push this button over here stories there's nothing in the world more powerful than a good story this is true. Well, as you all probably noticed, there's just so much hate and selfishness in the news. It just gets worse. So it melts my heart when you hear stories of love and care of people who give up their time to help others who need it. It's even better when others chip in to help them. And this story got me a little teary-eyed, so we're going to play it now. On his day off, Vernon Jackson still works, opening up his Cincinnati barbershop for VIP clients children with special needs. I was hearing so many horror stories that parents were going through with other barbershops and just the barbers or stylists just having no patience with their child. So I figured I would, you know, compromise by coming on my day off where it would be no other barbers or stylists in the shop and I can give them the full attention that they need, especially for children that are um, highly sensitive to new environments like the sound. And so I wanted to create a space where they can come in and get acclimated to the barbershop experience. Not only does he work on his day off, he does it for free. When I first uh, started promoting that I was going to come in on my off day to do haircuts for children with different needs, um, a friend of mine just, you know, randomly inboxed me and said, hey, Vern, um, can I sponsor a haircut? More and more people were donating money for haircuts. So Jackson started the Gifted program to raise money for his clients. These are parents that would pay any amount of money just for their child to be able to have an experience like any other person. And at the end of it, I, t- I get to tell them like, it's, it's, it's covered, hey, no, I gotta give you a tip. Say no, like, trust me, like, this is a part of the gifted program. This, this is a gift from the community. Myself, you know, like, please receive it. Jackson also hopes to put the money towards travel so he can provide free cuts to children with special needs across the country. I've been getting an inbox from people from Denmark, um, Australia, uh, London, um, Uganda, of course, all over the country. It's really, it's really been a beautiful, a beautiful experience. This has allowed me to love and in my fullest capacity and to see what happens when I do. That's all. I just love that one. That is freaking adorable. Kiddos with special needs are, you know, it's they they deserve to be treated like humans and to get all the love and care possible. And some people just either don't have the care or don't have the patience and to hear someone showing that love and care on their time off. Like that's just fantastic. And the, the whole video, like you see him interact with the kids and he does such a great job with it too. So it was, it was really good. That is beautiful. That just makes me happy. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And with that, we're going to go. Yeah. We are going to go. So, um, how many ducks do you think you can take? Right. Just give me a number. If it's regular ducks, maybe like regular 10. Ducks, yeah. 10 to only 10? Maybe. You don't think it would be like a Sauron thing, just like smashing ducks? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Live Laugh Floor. If you have a topic or a question you'd like us to discuss, send us an email at lizlafflorecast at gmail.com. If you want to support us on Patreon, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash livelaughlore, and you can keep the show going for as little as a dollar an episode. You can watch Ali live on Twitch Sunday nights over at twitch.tv slash and you can watch Jin Monday nights at twitch.tv slash joint. You can also follow the show on Twitter at live underscore laugh underscore lore. You can follow Jin on Twitter at Jin's Joint, and you can follow Ali at Aliander's K. Meanwhile, be kind and take care. Okay, it's recording. Yay, squiggles. Yay. Are you ready to go? Yeah, let's do this. Got an avalanche game to get to after this. Oh, okay. Well, let's, let's <laughs> They're playing right quick. now. They just started. Oh, shit. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, it's the beginning of the playoffs, man. It's okay. I love you. It's fine. This is going at the end of the episode. You know that, right? Sure, you can do it. Go abs. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Woo. Go abs. Get the cup again. Yeah. <laughs>